a book of Psalms. Uh, we'll be in the book of Psalms this morning if you have your Bibles. We'll be in Psalms chapter 8. Uh, we'll start reading with verse 3, uh, Psalms uh, chapter 8, uh, verse 3. And if you would, uh, please stand uh, to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Psalm 8, verse 3 begins, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man, that thou art mindful of him? And the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us uh, to be together here this morning. Lord, I thank you for this word uh, that you blessed us with the study this week. I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to guide us, lead us. Lord, watch over our sins. Lord, forgive us of the many trespasses and uh, the mistakes that we've all made uh, this last week and during our lives. Lord, we just pray that you'll help us draw closer to you before severing lasting too late and just continue to help us throughout this service. Uh, bless those that are here uh, this morning and bless those that couldn't be here, Lord, for whatever reason that it is. Uh, you know every heart and every life. Just continue to lead, guide, and direct. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Uh, in the scripture this morning that we've read, we've, we see a picture from, from Psalm. And, and Psalms chapter 8 paints, paints us a, a beautiful picture of what God has done uh, for us as, as people, as man that's been created by God. Uh, in return for all these wonderful things that God has gave us dominion over, made us one step lower than the angels, uh, uh, gave us a crown, gave us all these wonderful things to rule this world. Uh, we did uh, one bad thing right out of the gate. We went into the Garden of Eden, and He gave us one rule, and we broke it. Even though we had all of this God's love, and we, we failed to obey one commandment, and just as, we, just as we look at our parents and our grandparents before and look all the way back, uh, we have discipline when we make mistakes. So when we fall short, when my little boy makes a mistake, I discipline him, I correct him, whether it be hey, scolding him or doing whatever through different ways that we all discipline our, our children, I hope, in some ways. But uh, just as God looked at us being our, our Heavenly Father, He punishes us. Uh, we made a mistake, and this is the very beginning of the fall of man. Uh, uh, he didn't wipe out man. We don't uh, wipe out our children when they make mistakes. We don't uh, go to these people that we love and want them to be gone. Uh, God loved us enough that He spared us, even in the very beginning, when He told us that the day that you eat, the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Uh, he just pretty much told him, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, there's going to be certain things that happen, and God has forgiveness." even from the beginning all the way to the end, even through Jesus Christ, uh, He shows us the love of God. So even in the beginning, God started to make a plan. I'm glad that even in the beginning of the book of Genesis, when He formed man from the dust of the ground, He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, uh, and He created man a living soul. He knew at that very moment that man would fail. Uh, he knew at that very moment when He created us from the dust of the earth, that we were going to fail. We would never be able. We had choice. We were going to make mistakes. 
And I'm glad that even when we made those mistakes, God already had a plan. God already knew what it was going to take. God already knew at the beginning of Genesis what it was going to take to get to the New Testament. Uh, he knew after all the prophets had prophesied, after all these things in the Old Testament happened, there was still going to have to be a sacrifice made. There was going to have to be a perfect sacrifice, a loving sacrifice, a living sacrifice that would be for our sins in Jesus Christ. In a sense, uh, the whole Bible, if we want to look at it from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, it's about love. It is. The whole thing's about love. You say, Zach, there's wars, there's death. It's all about love. The only reason it exists is for us to understand the love that God's given us. Love just comes out of the Bible tells us that God is love. If there's anything else that we can understand is that He loves us. And He gave us the Word because He loves us. He gave inspired Word to Moses to write the first five books because He loves us. He wanted us to know how it happened. He wanted us to know where we came from. It's all about a struggle. We have love, and we have the struggle for us to accept that love. That's what it's about. We have love and struggle. Love and struggle. Any of you that's married, you understand. There's love and there's struggle. If you got kids, there's love and there's struggle. If you've got friends, there's love and there's struggle. Do we always get along? No. Uh, do we struggle through every relationship that we have? Most likely we do. That's what the Bible even shows us. Even through our relationships, all that we do, we have love and we struggle. But through these, these things, I want you to realize there's three things that we have to realize about God's love. Uh, the first thing that we really need to, to think about and understand about God's love is we need to realize that it's there. It exists. I think the very first thing, the very first step for all of us when we accept Christ is we have to understand the ultimate level of love that God has for us. It does not even match any kind of love you have for anything else in this world. I don't care how much you love fishing. I don't care how much you love whatever. You can. I only said fishing because I love to do that. But whatever you love to do, whatever you love to do the most, out of any, I don't care if it's sitting at home eating tater chips, watching TV. You may love to do that. But God loves you an infinite amount more than what you love of anything in this world. He does. And we have to realize that God loves me. The strongest and most critical truths are taught early in these years, early in our Christian years, early in our Christian walk. We have to learn that God loves us. Because we know that we make mistakes. A little child makes mistakes. My little boy, my little girl. Hey, my wife, whoever. Uh, people in the church, you're going to make mistakes. I, I can include everybody here. We make mistakes, and guess what? God still loves you. I still love my family and my children. I still love you, even though you make mistakes, even though we, we do things that's not uh, honorable or perfect or exactly what we need to do. And the most critical truth, uh, we, we have these children come up here from time to time, and they sing a song, and I, I love for them to come up and sing that song, Jesus Loves Me. And think of how simplistic that is. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I am weak and he is strong. Jesus loves me. How, the children are up here singing perfect truths of exactly what we as adults, sometimes we just listen, we listen to the teen, we listen for our children's voice, we listen to just try to enjoy it. 
But the words that are coming from those children when they're singing Jesus loves me is, is, is what the church is founded on. It's what our whole, our whole ideology is, is Jesus loves us. God loves us enough uh, that he did these things for us. My goodness, uh, <laughs> sometimes that's hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to believe that God loves us. I know I, I have, I've made enough mistakes and I've sat down and I've started to pray and said, I don't know if I'm worthy to pray. I don't know if, I, if I'm good enough. I don't know if he loves me enough. We have to, we have to know and we wonder about God's unfailing love and we grapple, we, we try to wrestle with that thought of how much he loves us. It's infinite. No matter what we've done, he loves us. No matter what we've said, he loves us. Isn't, isn't that mind-boggling? If you said enough things to me, I, I would start to not have any more love for you. Okay? If you did enough mean things to me as a fleshly man, I tell you, I, I would get mad. My wife will probably guarantee you, yeah, he's been mad at some folks before. He'll get home and get mad and whatever. I'll get over it in a couple of days. But God is not like that. God doesn't get like that. He loves us. Yes, he corrects us. Yes, he does certain things. The passage that we want to look just for just to a minute. I won't read it word for word, but if you understand what happens in the book of, of Genesis chapter 22, we see a story of Abraham, and a lot of us know it. In the book of Genesis chapter 22, Abraham takes his son Isaac and is told by God to sacrifice his son. In fact, the Word of God says, your son, your only son, Isaac, and take him and sacrifice him. He paints a prophetic picture of the ultimate sacrifice of love, okay? God becoming a man, a suffering through the humiliation of total rejection, and in, in, in the end, death in order to provide a path of salvation for us. And that's pretty much what happens through Jesus Christ. But, but just as, as, as God felt this, these things of sending uh, His Son to die for us, uh, we see something very special, what He does with Abraham. He does two things with Abraham. Uh, he was testing His faithfulness, and he was also providing a way for Abraham to understand what he was going to do later. Understand that. He was trying to see Abraham's obedience. And we saw that Abraham had the obedience. It said that he rose up early the next morning and went on his way. And we also have to understand that Abraham knew when he got to that place that he would have to kill his only son. The very same thing that God had to do for us. The most amazing thing to think about this story is when Abraham gets up on that mountainside and his son totes the wood, he lays it down, he binds his son down upon that pile of wood, and he starts to take the knife and kill his son, what happens? It says that an angel came down and stopped him. It says that God, pretty much in a way, stopped him. He didn't have to do what God had told him to do. He got to the very point of feeling exactly what God had felt, and God stopped him. Now, if you think about what happened with Jesus Christ on a cross, there was nobody above, there was nobody above God to stop him. There was nobody that could reach down and stop God from saying, this is how it's going to be done. In a way, we have to really realize that God's experience here, the difference being that there was nobody above God to stop him. There was somebody above Abraham. I'm glad it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God so loved who? The world. He loves us today. He cares for us. We have to realize the love of God. And the next thing we have to do after we realize the love of God is then we have to return to the love of God. Because through our daily walks, our daily struggles, we get away uh, from really realizing who God is to us. Uh, Every prophet in the Old Testament, I want you to realize if we go to the Old Testament and look at what the prophets taught, they, they taught four very key concepts, every one of them. They taught you that God loves you. Uh, they taught you that you have rebelled against God or turned away against God. Okay, and he also you will be punished or disciplined for what you've done. And he says, but you need to return to Him. That's the four things. You have you. God loves you. You've rebelled. Uh, you're going to be punished. Turn back. That's every prophet of the Old Testament. And that's very easy for us to understand. The book of Hosea uh, can be divided into two different parts. And that's what we'll use a little bit this morning. The first three chapters uh, focus on the marriage of God and Gomer. And Gomer is a woman, if you realize, who will prove time and time again that she is unfaithful to Hosea. as She sells herself into a a pretty much... prostitution and things like that and in so many ways that Hosea has to go and buy Gomer back who sells herself uh, as a slave prostitute Uh, so too God's love remains there in that situation the people did not acknowledge God and they were going through the motions in the book of Hosea Uh, they uh, and yet they didn't recognize anything that God did for them they were blessed beyond measure each and every day and each and every day they would go on the Sabbath each week and, and they would worship God and every other day of the week they would go and worship their idols when two events come into conflict which one do we choose I will not be that you don't love God, but whom do we serve? Who do we serve? Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as many for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That should be our Christian motto. That should be what we stand on. No matter what event comes up, no matter what things are in our lives, I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about loving God as much as He loves us. I'm talking about praying to Him. I'm talking about studying as much as you can. I'm talking about uh, professing His name and loving people and showing a Christian kindness. In Hosea, we we see God's response to what's going on. How shall I give you up? God promises not to utterly destroy Ephraim despite what they've done. Their rebellion is... A mess. They have shown that they don't love God. They have shown the the mistakes that they've made. And how can God do this if He's holy? Understand this, church. If God is truly holy, how can He step into a people that are very unholy, that do not love Him, that do not respect Him, that do not honor Him in any way, and not destroy them? How do we understand that? We look back to Sodom and Gomorrah. They were destroyed. God, you destroyed them? Or what, what, what happens here? How does He include them in life when they have been so rebellious? The answer is Calvary. The answer is Christ. The answer is the sacrifice that was made on a cross. Uh, today, we have to understand the only reason we're alive and well, the only reason we're not dead, we are blessed each and every day. If you're here this morning, you're breathing, you can get around, you're alive, is because Jesus loves you. God's love for you. It tells us that every good 
thing comes from a God. That's what the Bible tells us, every good thing. If you can get around, if we can really understand, we, we realize the love of God, we need to come back and return to the love of God just like these people did. But then we also have to reflect on the love of God. You have to realize it, you have to return to it when you stray, but we need to reflect from time to time on what God has blessed us with. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And everywhere else in Scripture it has some places where he says that you are the light of the world when he talks to the disciples. And I've, I've looked at that a few times and I thought about it. He's saying that he is the light of the world. Uh, the disciples are the light of the world. In so many ways is he trying to tell us that we are mirroring him. We should show other people what he's given us. You are the light of the world. If you think about how a mirror works and uh, throwing off those uh, light or throwing off an image of what it's, what it's looking at, we have to show the world the light of the world. I, I'm glad today that when we reflect on the love of God, when we th sit around and think about all the blessings that's been in our life, there's so many things that I've been blessed with. There is. God loves me, and if, for so many reasons, I can't tell you why, but so many reasons I can. It's because of Christ. He sent His only begotten Son to love us. We, we, we run through so many things in our lives that we, we sometimes forget about the blessings. That's why we need to reflect. We, think of, we forget about the blessings that God has put in our lives. We do. I'm guilty. You're guilty. We're all guilty of, of knowing that God is in our lives. He's made our lives better. He's been with us through thick and thin. No matter what we've sacrificed, no matter what we've went through, God is with us and He loves us. Each and every day is a blessing from God. We have to realize, return, and reflect to what God has blessed us with. I know that I'm unworthy. I know that I'm probably on borrowed time. I don't know. I don't know when it could be over. When you, when you see certain things going on in the world, when you see uh, wars going on in different countries, you see, uh, sorry, good for nothing things going on in our country. It's just sad. You don't know how to react. You don't know what to think. You don't know what to do. But I'm glad in the end, God loves me. He shed, his, he shed His Son's blood for me that I may live and have life more abundantly. I'm glad that He's been a blessing to me. And I hope that each and every one of you have, has experienced God's blessings in your life. I hope that you have. I hope that you know each and every day that you've been blessed. You've been blessed to get up and have a family, get up and eat, get up and and have a good time, get up and do certain things. But God loves you. He does. And I preached that on Valentine's Day to make a point. <laughs> we can have all the love for somebody else that we want to, but God loves you a whole lot more. He really does. No matter what we could ever do, no matter what kind of gifts we could ever give somebody, He gave us the perfect gift. He's given us love that passes all understanding. He loves us closer than a brother. He loves you today. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning, Remember that God loves you. And I want you to know the Bible shows us that His plan from the very beginning was for you to love Him. That was His plan. The book of Genesis all the way to Revelation shows us that He loves us. We're here, we exist to discover God's goodness. His sacrifice, His design, the whole thing was set up so that we could accept His Son, Jesus Christ. I hope that each and every one of you has made that decision today. As we stand, what page you got, sister? Page 59. Page 59 this morning as we stand and sing.